The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. This is the Employment Law Show. Hey, hey, welcome to it. It is, uh, it is Wednesday. And we're here. We hope you are as well. And it's time to uh, time to go. Let's get this thing underway. 632 John Scholes here. And with me, Alex Luciferro, partner, San Firu Tamarkin, LLP, most positively reviewed employment law firm in the country. You want to reach out here and now. would love to have you as part of the show. You have employment law questions, questions about uh, vaccination, returning to work, mask mandates, vaccine policies, you know, constructive dismissal. doesn't matter. Bring it all. It's always a fruit salad of questions. So we're here. Alex is here to answer them. 416-870-6400 is the way you do that. You want an email that is help at employmentlawyer.ca. Uh, what we're going to get through over the next half hour, as far as the topic is concerned, in between your phone calls, dealing with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews. Story of my life. That's coming up here in just a bit. But uh, Alex, my brother, we always start with the uh, the case of the day. What are you, uh, what are you working on, big guy? Thanks very much, John. Back at it, another edition of the Employment Law Show. It's great to be here, and uh, mm-hmm. it's always great to be back live on the air talking employment law, talking your workplace rights. Uh, still seeing the fallout from COVID-19, John, in, in workplaces across the province, still getting lots of questions from employees uh, whose uh, terms of employment are changing, who have been temporarily laid off from their employment. Unfortunately, we're seeing lots of uh, employees uh, being criminally let go from their jobs and offered severance packages. Some employees are still worried about health and safety in the workplace. You know, as you said, really, we're we're answering the gamut of questions when it comes to employment law, when it comes to your workplace, and we speak with and help so many people uh, with their employment situations every day. And listen, that's what we're here to do. That's what we're here to do right now until 7 p.m. this evening. We're here to take your calls, answer any questions you have. So please feel free to call in. Don't be shy. There are no silly questions uh, we want to hear from you. We want to help in any way we can resolve your workplace problem. As nice. you mentioned, John, to get us started off this week, the case of the day, gentlemen, I spoke with, very nice gentleman, uh, actually, I spoke with just this morning. He'd been within his, with his employer, uh, John, for almost five years, just shy of five years. He was in his early uh, 50s uh, in a technical role, and he was having a lot of problems uh, at work, uh, John. He had been dealing with a difficult manager for months and months and months, this gentleman had been put through the ringer, uh, John, and I'll give you a couple of examples of, of the mistreatment. Uh, he had been assigned a tremendous workload. I mean, literally double the workload of what an ordinary employee would work in his situation. He was working day and night, literally sometimes overnight, in what was supposed to be a nine-to-five job. He would work vacations. He would be called on the weekend. And his boss appeared to be doing this in a very targeted way. Other Mm -hmm. employees were not being treated as harshly. Other employees were not being singled out like this for this tremendous workload. And eventually he broke, John. He took a medical leave of absence because he simply physically and mentally couldn't handle it anymore. And not only did he do that, but he took the correct first step in a situation like this, which is he filed a complaint against this manager to his employer and said, I feel like I'm being targeted. I feel like I'm being kind of punished and harassed in the workplace. To their credit, John, the employer actually investigated the incident as they are legally obligated to do. 
An employer has an obligation to investigate claims uh, and complaints like this. And they actually found that this individual did indeed harass the employee, harass this gentleman by assigning him too much work. Something like that can be a form of harassment. Uh, John, many people out there don't know that. They simply think that they have to simply do what their manager instructs them to do, whether it's you know asking the employee to move heaven and earth, they have to say, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. That's not the case. Being singled out like this for uh, you know additional work and an unreasonable workload can be considered a form of harassment. The problem with this employer, John, is that they did not do anything about it right. once the claim was substantiated. So they agreed with the employee, they agreed with this gentleman that what he was subject to was harassment, but they you know, basically gave the manager a slap on the wrist and said, don't do it again. Well, that's not good enough, uh, uh, John. The relationship had been poisoned by this point in time. This gentleman has the right to claim constructive dismissal. He also probably has a human rights uh, a complaint. And so we are going to be involved in this situation. Now we're going to help this gentleman out. We're going to contact the employer. This gentleman doesn't want to go back to work, uh, John. He's been scarred yeah, by the entire event. Sure. The relationship is poisoned, to say the least. He is going to be extricated from that situation. We are going to get him a severance package. We might even get him, get him additional damages for the way in which he was treated. He'll never have to go back to this employer uh, again based on what's happened. He's going to get the severance that he's owed and then some uh, and hopefully move on in his life. And by the way, reaching out to Alex anytime at his office, get uh, Alex on the phone or a member of his team, no problem, one 821 5900 But as we roll into our topic tonight, let's get to our uh, first phone call before that. That would be our good friend Brad standing by. Brad, thanks for joining us. What's your question, pal? Uh, my question is in regards to my wife. She was just uh, advised yesterday uh, verbally by her boss that uh, basically as of next week, uh, her position is essentially being eliminated. Uh, the place that she's been working at, uh, she started full-time uh, uh, for about eight years, and then COVID came along. Uh, and then, of course, you know, with COVID, they had to shut down. But uh, she went back to work, uh, mind you, in a diminished role, which she was okay with, uh, working part-time hours. Uh, but now... Uh, essentially with her role wrapping up at the end of the week, uh, she asked her boss, will she be getting severance? And her boss said no. So we're wondering what uh, what can we do in this kind of situation? Well, Brad, do you, do you know that this means her employment with this particular company is coming to an end when you say her position has been eliminated? Will she be offered some other kind of position or is she going to be out the door? Uh, she was basically told that this position is coming to an end and they do not have anything else for her. Yeah. Well, and, li and listen, if that's the case, Brad, there is no question she's going to be owed severance. I'm not sure where your employer uh, or where her employer rather is thinking that he can uh, or they can get away without paying severance. But if her employment is coming to an end permanently, she is going to be owed severance. It will almost certainly be based on her age position at the time that she was terminated and the length of employment uh, uh, that she's had. How long has she been with this company, Brad? Uh, she's been with the company since 2012. Uh, she was basically working full-time for them up until COVID. Uh, and, of course, as, as I said, uh, she was uh, she went on the, the COVID leave, and then they were called back, and she's essentially been working uh, essentially three hours a day, uh, you know, weekdays, um, mm -hmm. 
Uh, no, the only, position, the only, right? the only other most recent position. Uh, well, she works. She's been working at a daycare. Okay. So they essentially call it like a runner, where the the uh, person will come out, greet the parents, uh, and then go back, grab, get the kids, do any updates and whatnot, and then you know, essentially, you know, and then greet the new new parent as they come in. Now, uh, the only other uh, question would be is during COVID, she went out and got a her. Uh, a certificate to become a PSW. So she's also been working now full-time as a PSW with the part-time hours at this particular location. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that won't affect her severance entitlements, uh, Brad. She's still going to be owed severance from this particular employer. Now, the severance will be calculated on her current hours, effectively. So it's going to be calculated on her part-time uh, hours, even though that changed because of COVID. Uh, severance is calculated based on your most recent compensation level. So it's going to be a part-time calculation, but that still means that she is owed severance. If she's been with this organization for about 10 years, you said since about 2012, and she's you know working for a daycare, I wouldn't be surprised if she's going to be in the range of about eight to 10 months as a severance package, as her severance entitlements. Again, that'll be, that'll be calculated on the three hours a day that she's currently working, but certainly severance is owed, despite the fact that she's working another uh, job when she is uh, when her final day comes and goes, Brad, give us a call. Mm-hmm. Let's have a chat off air with your wife. We can go through the details as to what exactly she uh, is owed, and if her your employer gives uh, her a hard time, uh, certainly we could be of assistance here. Okay, excellent. Because uh, I actually found her originally, uh, I guess, letter of, uh, of employment as well, which did list, I guess, twenty twelve or not twenty twelve, but twenty twenty levels of, uh, I guess severance pays at that time. So I, obviously you would know. Yeah, if, uh, I, I doubt that language has any impact on her entitlements. Brad, most contracts nowadays, even if they're a couple of years old, quite frankly, are not going to be uh, enforceable. And that's a good thing for her, Brad. That's a good thing for employees. You don't want a contract that limits your severance entitlements in any particular way. You want it to be based on an employee's age, position, and years of service. Uh, I can, I'm almost certain that would be your wife's uh, okay, so like I said, give us a call when her last day comes and goes, and we will figure it out from there. She is certainly owed severance in the situation. There's no doubt about that. Brad, nicely done. Appreciate the call. And here is uh, number one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Before we get to our first break, let's get uh, let's get Jordan in there. Hello, Jordan here. Um, quick question. I was just wondering, um, when you're in a union, I'm in a big construction union uh, across the GTA, and does that trump any employment laws? Uh, construction union, yeah. That's bad news, eh, Alex? Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Jordan. It's one that we get very often. It certainly does not trump any employment laws, meaning unionized employees are still protected under the same laws that non-unionized employees are, except for the fact, Justin, that you are bound by the terms of the union's collective agreement. So there is an employment contract in play. It's called the collective agreement. It's a contract between your union and your employer, and those are the rules of the game. You cannot go beyond the, uh, the boundaries of the collective agreement when it comes to all of your employment rights and protections. That includes you know, things like overtime, things like vacation, things like severance. So your severance entitlements, Jordan, uh, they will, will not be based on your age, position, and years of service, as they are for non-unionized employees, but you are still going to be owed severance without a doubt. 
they will be uh, the se- your severance entitlements will be provided for in the collective agreement, as are all of the other terms of your employment. You still have rights, you still have protections, but it's the collective agreement uh, that governs those, and it's your union that is your one and only legal representation. You cannot hire independent legal counsel as an employee. Your union will do that job for you. And what if the union does not do that? What if they, you know, your shop steward won't do anything for you or... Unfortunately, you are stuck with what your union decides. If they choose to not pursue a grievance uh, or choose to not pursue an issue uh, for you, again, uh, your employment uh, rights effectively live and die by your union's decisions in that respect. Okay, gotcha. Thank you very much. Thanks, Jordan. Appreciate that. And with that, we'll take a wee break. Give you some time to pick up a phone just like that and ask your questions. Get some answers quickly. That's how Alex works. Again, 416-870-6400. Email anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. We'll continue Wednesday night edition of the Employment Law Show. Stand by. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show. All right, welcome back. 647, you bet. 416-870-6400. You still got lots of time to make that phone call, ask some questions. Alex Lutraferro is here once again this evening. Partners and Fear to Mark and LLP. You want to reach out to Alex outside the hour of the show or half hour of the show. You can do that. That's uh, 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. And the website that is free, always free, always anonymous, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. So in between the calls, Alex, let's get to our uh, topic of the day, and that would be dealing with criticism, discipline, bad performance reviews, that type of thing. If an employee does not believe, okay, that a bad performance review or disciplinary action from the employer is justified, they're just not buying it, um, what do they do? Yeah, it's a topic that we uh, we discuss with employees often. Uh, John, mm-hmm. employees will come to us and say, "Hey, I got a bad performance review most recently, and it didn't, you know, and, and uh, because it's bad, I'm not entitled to a bonus, or I've got, you know, I got written up for something that I don't feel was fair, I don't feel was right. What do I do in this situation? How can I approach my employer about this? Uh, and the, you know, the first piece of advice we give, and it's the obvious piece of advice, uh, John, but it's where we've got to start, which is. Well, you should be putting this to your employer, putting your disagreement with the disciplinary action or with the performance review, put it to your employer. Have a conversation, number one, about it. Speak to your manager about how you're feeling about the situation or give your manager your version of events. Again, if we're talking about disciplinary action here, try and explain yourself in the situation why you think uh, you know, what you did was uh, either not bad or perhaps mm-hmm. interpreted something. And then the key piece to this, John, is you want to follow up with something in writing. It's not good enough just to have the conversation. You want to ideally send an email to your employer, something like, you know, further to our discussion today, and then explain yourself in the email so that you have a record, a documented record of your version of events. This way, if things ever progress in the wrong direction, right, if you get a second reprimand, 
or if you get another bad performance review, or if you put in a performance improvement plan, you at least have a record of your version of events, of your side of the story that you can use to defend yourself from any further action. If it continues to uh, to get ugly and progress, or I guess regress, can the employee take a medical leave if, if it becomes too stressful? Well, I mean, listen, John, an employee can always take a medical leave, right? As long as they have the support right. of their doctor. If, they, if they're not feeling well, you know, a lot of employees get extremely stressed out in these uh, situations, and fair enough. Um, and a lot of employees simply can't handle that pressure in a situation. You know, your health is your most important asset in life. Go to your doctor, make an appointment, see a doctor. If your doctor agrees that you should be taking some time off, that the workplace is too stressful, absolutely that employee can take a medical uh, leave of absence, even if they're dealing with an investigation or, again, some, some, some sort of disciplinary action or a performance improvement plan. You can certainly take a medical leave. I guess the other side of that coin, however, John, is that, listen, simply because an employee takes a medical leave of absence, it doesn't mean that these issues simply disappear into thin air. Once you return from your medical leave, you may very well still be dealing with the same situation, which is this mm. disciplinary action or the performance improvement plan. And that's when I return to my initial advice, which is, again, you want to have a conversation with your employer. You want to document your, uh, uh, your version of events. There are a couple of situations, uh, John, that might trigger further action, more aggressive action, and perhaps involvement in a, of an employment lawyer. We can certainly get into those uh, as we kind of move through this topic. By the way, any of this uh, rings familiar or otherwise, just give us a call here. You got some time, 416-870-6400. So, you know, this this uh, employee's been on a performance improvement plan. You know, it's not going well. Maybe you can give it a couple of warnings. And the employer says, you know what? I'm letting you go for cause, for cause, with no severance pay. If you don't improve, what happens? Yeah, so this is one of those situations, yep. uh, John, where you probably uh, do want to speak with an employment lawyer. I'll give you a couple of examples here, but let me let me tackle your question first. And on, mm-hmm. if your employer is threatening to terminate you for cause, what that means is that they are going to terminate you without severance. That is a big, big problem in any case, John, because it's actually very difficult for an employer to terminate an employee for cause. You would have had to have done kind of the worst of the worst in the employment relationship that we can think of uh, to legitimately be terminated for cause. A bad performance review or one kind of, you know, one reprimand or one write-up does not warrant, even two or three write-ups for that matter, does not warrant a termination uh, for cause. If your boss is making threats like that, if your employer is making threats like that, you do need to speak to an employment lawyer uh, right away. If they are making those kinds of allegations, your time is likely limited with this employer. That other shoe will likely fall at some point in the near future. And you do want to have your ducks in a row in the event that that happens. I have another example. uh, Yeah, go ahead. Very quickly, I have another example. In situations like this, again, when we're talking about discipline and what an employee should do, we see quite often an employer suspending an employee without pay for, for some sort of disciplinary uh, issue. A suspension without pay is illegal. Uh, John, you cannot suspend an employee without pay. It is what we call a constructive dismissal, which basically means it's a termination. And that's particularly the case, John, when the discipline is actually unwarranted. So again, if you as an employee 
feel like your employer is punishing you without good reason, and the punishment is a suspension without pay, that is going to constitute a constructive dismissal. You can actually treat your employment at that point as at an end, get your severance entitlements and get moving on. You probably want to exercise that option at that time because, again, the writing is likely on the wall if you're being suspended in that way. You're probably going to be terminated at some point in the future anyway. Again, a few minutes to go. You got some time. Uh, make that call now. That's when you want to squeeze it in there. 416-870-6400. want to bounce over to an email before we continue. This one came in uh, from Nancy. It's interesting. She says, uh, hey, Alex, I'm currently on mat leave and should be returning to work next month. I spoke to my boss yesterday and she said, I may not have a position when I come back because of COVID-19. If the company is experiencing financial issues and they claim not to have my old position available, would they owe me severance? Yeah, great question from uh, Nancy there. Uh, they certainly would owe her severance if her position has actually been eliminated It doesn't, and it doesn't exist. The uh, employer actually has an obligation before we move to the severance conversation, John, especially for an employee who's coming from a mat leave or from a parental leave. Those employees have actually have special rights and protections, John, when they're returning to work. The employer actually has an obligation to look for comparable positions within the company. So if it's yeah. true, John, that this person's position is actually being eliminated, listen, there's not much that can be done about that if that's, you know, if that's actually the case. But the employer has to make an effort to try and put this employee in another comparable position, meaning doing you know, similar kind of work, uh, similar pay, similar hours, all of the other terms of her employment uh, would be the same. But again, perhaps the position might be slightly different. If that position doesn't exist, John, and again, there's really nothing for this employee within the company, and the employer has made a good faith effort in investigating that issue, uh, then yes, an employer can let an employee go, even though they're coming back from a, uh, a parental leave or a maternity leave. That employee certainly would be owed severance, John, based yeah. on the employee's age, position, and years of service. And there is an excellent argument to say that actually that employee would be owed enhanced severance more than usual because it's going to be much more difficult for that employee to find new work coming off of a parental leave or coming off of a maternity leave. It's going to be that much tougher to get back into the job market. That person's going to be owed extra severance as a result of that issue. And it's true, uh, the difference between coming back off a of parental leave versus coming back off a disability leave is the parental leave, your exact job has to be there for you when you come back, regardless who's been filling your shoes, right? That's absolutely the case. An employer cannot simply choose to have the replacement employee, let's say the temporary employee, continue in that one position for the sake of not having the other, the, the employee returning from uh, leave actually return. And that's why I said it has to be genuine that the position is eliminated. You cannot replace an employee who's coming back from paternal leave or parental leave, rather, or maternity leave. Uh, that would be illegal. That would be a contravention of actually the Employment Standards Act and the Human Rights Code. An employer like that is going to end up in some really hot water. As we always say, John, don't mess with mama coming back from maternity leave. We have just under a minute to go. Let's get James in quickly. And uh, James, I'll get you to ask your question fast, and then we'll answer it even quicker. Go ahead, pal. Sure, thank you. So uh, after 11 years, my nephew was let go with cause after his first fender bender with a, in the fleet vehicle. I was wondering if he was entitled to any sort of um, severance uh, payment for that. 
if he has a clean record, uh, James, and strong, a good performance history and a good background with the company, 11 years of service means a lot. And so if this is one, you know, one one-off accident, he is absolutely going to be owed uh, uh, severance. There's going to be no question about it. Uh, if your uh, nephew hasn't already, tell him to give us a call. Happy to discuss the situation uh, uh, with him. Uh, he should look into this because he likely is owed severance. James, that's where we're going to leave it for now. Thank you so much for that last-minute call. You want to reach out to Alex now that we're done. Simple. Here's how you do it. 1-855-821-5900. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can always use pocketemploymentlawyer.ca as well. We are back in tomorrow night again at 6.30. More Employment Law Show is just around the corner tomorrow night. So we'll join you then. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you next time. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.